participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Grace, peace, and mercy <clears throat> from God our Father and His precious Son, Jesus Christ. We welcome you all back to our Thursday evening Bible study. Our, our study tonight will be on kingdom. So let us uh, get right started and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 28 and 29. We want to talk about kingdom. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says, Wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. The kingdom that we have received comes from God. And not like other kingdoms on earth established by man, God's kingdom cannot be moved, not by any force or power of any kind. Let us receive the kingdom of life given by God and serve him with respect and fear. <clears throat> now, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a land or place ruled by a king or queen. All the kings in the Old Testament had their own kingdom they were protecting. And the kingdoms of today are being controlled and protected by natural men. In England, Korea, and other places that don't have elections, their kingdoms are handed down to heirs to the throne and are basically run by family. Here we have elections that are supposed to be governed by the people. The kingdom of God, not like man's kingdom, is run by God. Not an angel or any other man can dictate or demand. God's kingdom is received by choice and not by force. When Jesus was here, God made him both Lord and Christ. When he went back to the Father, he handed the Lordship back to the Father and took his rightful place on God's right hand. Because of the obedience of Christ, we have been given the right and privilege to be part of this kingdom and have become heirs and joint heirs. Let's look at 1 Samuel 8. <clears throat> In this chapter, Israel told Samuel, <clears throat> To give us a king. Let's look at what Israel did then and how it could apply to us as we ask God for things. First Samuel 8, starting at verse 1. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. To be a judge means to hear and decide on things. It means to determine or declare after deliberation. In our society, in the United States, we have people who were elected and appointed and placed in authority by the people to make such decisions. They were chosen by the people and are supposed to be for the people. With the statement, this country was founded on, in God we trust. Now, verse 2 now, the name 
of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Perverted means corrupt or to misuse. A bribe is money given to influence a person to act dishonest. Now, let's be honest with ourselves today. We see this from the Supreme Court to ex-presidents, from Congress to city council. It is because of the sin in the land. We, we see what we see as the United States is now become the divided states. Those chosen to help the people are receiving bribes against the people. In verse four, it says, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, behold, thou art old. And thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all people, all the nations. What you see is not always good. That's what we are seeing now. People are rising up today. Whether it is a king in office or president, people are protesting all over the land. Is it? Because the leaders are not walking in the ways of the very law they have sworn to. To be truthful, they, the real problem is they have turned from the ways of the Lord. Just like they had elders and people over them back then, just like the Republicans and Democrats have the people to answer to, in the church we have elders and people over us as well. Hebrews 13 and 7 tells us, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. He is talking to the people of God. Verse 17 even says, they watch for your souls. So remember those that practice what they preach. They don't just say it, but they do it by example. The people then recognize Samuel. And who he was. But his sons were not following in his footsteps. There is so much corruption in the world now. Neither the world or God's people know what to recognize. Where there is no truth, there is no trust. Where there is no trust, there is no rest. Where there is no rest, there is no peace. If there is no peace, there is chaos. Truth is scarce in the land today. And many would rather believe a lie instead of the truth. It, in the days of old, kings would ask the advice of the priests and prophets. They saw them as men of God that heard from God. Today, leaders act like Pharaoh. God shows you and they still don't believe. The climate change bears witness to the scriptures. We see earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnesses of wars and rumors of war. Yet the world is not convinced and as, as quiet as it's kept, many of God's children are not convinced either. Instead of God saying to Pharaoh, let my people go, God is saying to his people, let Pharaoh go. Today the problem is not the world holding on to us. The problem is we are holding on to the world. Listen to what Jesus said in, in John 
15, 19. He said, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. Does the world love you? If you are being loved by the world, you might want to ask yourself about your relationship with God. It goes on to say, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. When you get into God's kingdom, when you attach yourself to God's will, when you leave darkness and come into the light, when you begin to turn from the cares of this world, the world will not, on, the world will not only hate you, but will begin to turn their back on you. That includes family. There is not time to be religious, but righteous. The world is not your friend, but indeed your enemy. The world is not trying to help you, but overthrow you and take you, take what you have. Look at verse six in first Samuel, in Samuel eight. But the thing displeased Samuel. <clears throat> and they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Samuel was disturbed <clears throat> at the request of Israel as any good leader would. And Samuel went to the right source for instruction. When you are disturbed about something, do you take it to God? Do you allow him to minister to you? Even in our political situation today, the scriptures has already told us to pray for those in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Have we done any praying about what is happening yet? Listen to the conversation between Samuel and God. In verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Listen to what God is saying. They are not rejecting you. They are rejecting me. Ministers of God, the people are not rejecting you. They are rejecting Jesus and the words that have been spoken in the scriptures. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and serve other gods, so do they also unto thee. There is nothing new under the sun. They forsook God then. They are forsaken him now. Now, therefore, hearken unto their voice. Howbeit you yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. He's going to give you the king. But you really got to understand what's happening. And that is the responsibility of the ministers today. We have got to let the world know the consequences of who they are trying to serve. <clears throat> verse, verse 9 again. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit ye protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. God told Samuel, let them have their king, mm -hmm. but tell them what will happen. God knew what was going to happen to Israel, just like he knows what is happening now. 
God knew all about the protests. He knows about the leaders and the bribes. He knows about the abortions and same-sex marriages. He knows what is being proposed by man, and he knows what is being opposed. Just like God told them what a king would do then, he has been warning us of this today. Verse 10, it says, And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. See if you can relate on how they are treating us today. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. Today, we call it the armed forces or the military. In a time of war, people are drafted without choice. Verse 12 says, and he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of chariots. Whether you have a president or a king, this is what's happening. You choose them, but they appoint and now rule you. They raise your taxes and then raise their salary. Verse 13 says, and he will take your daughter's to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. People have been made slaves since the beginning of time. This is nothing new. The point is, since you don't want God to rule righteously, man will merchandise and take your sons and daughters and rule them unrighteously. Look at what else they will do and are doing. 14 says, and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards even the best of them, and give them to his servants. Can you see that today? You buy a land that is never yours. You pay taxes on the land you own until you die. And if you don't, it will be taken away. People have lost property because of Katrina. People have lost property because of back taxes. People have lost it because other people want it. Jezebel and Ahab had a man killed just to get his land. Verse 15 says, and he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. Man takes a tenth plus and we say nothing. God asks for a tenth willingly and man complains. But here God says he takes what, your, what is yours and gives to another. Verse 16 says, and he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliness, young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants and you shall cry out in, the in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you in that day. What are men doing today? Crying out because of what men are doing. Men that you ask for. Do you want to hear from God? Let's do what God has been telling us all along. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. 
We still have a way to go in the humility department and still have a way to go in turning from wicked things. But we have something to turn to and a kingdom to belong to. We are still his children. In spite of what we think, we still receive grace and mercy. God's kingdom is not natural or fleshly. It cannot be attained by education. It cannot be bribed or bought. The kingdom we seek is spiritual and is within us. By receiving this kingdom, we are entitled to receive the heavenly kingdom. Again, Hebrews 12, it says, let us receive this kingdom, which cannot be moved. Let us have grace so we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. It tells us in Hebrew 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For verse 29 said, for our God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy said he is a consuming fire and a jealous God. Psalm 97 and 3 said, A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. Let us conclude with this. At the giving of the law, when the church of old covenant was formed, there was a general assembly of different tribes. In the gospel church, all who believe in Christ of every nation and kindred and tongues from one body, believers of all nations, of all languages, of all climates, are one in Christ, of which he is the head. Back then, the firstborn under the old dispensation had exclusive privileges. They had authority and honor of which the other children in the same family did not partake. But under grace, which is in Christ Jesus, all who believe in Christ Jesus with a heart unto righteousness are equally children of God are all entitled to the same privileges. Let us seek him while he can be found. So we are not consumed as an enemy, but received as a son and daughter. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.